And it's that time again. It's time for another podcast. I'm Ryan. I'm James. I'm Scott. I'm Sean. I'm Roy. And we're going to be kicking things off with the usual news, uh, as we've done for many a year now. And uh, Scott, I hear you have something about uh, PlayStation for us? Uh, Sony have just announced that they are going to hold a showcase on June the 4th, I believe, showcasing what looks to be the new next-gen games, rather than ha- that a hardware reveal. I've seen some uh, some stuff about... Um, I think there is like a black controller appearing, isn't there? Uh, hopefully, yes, but I got a funny feeling that may be all the hardware they're showing. Although they haven't specifically stated that they're not showing hardware, but the blog itself is very carefully worded to say it'll be more games than anything else. Is there any rumour or speculation what the games might be? Uh, not at the moment. I'm going to say to come at us strong with first party games rather than third party already, Xbox already... really lacking on that front and I think that's where they're going to hit them I think a safe bet is probably if they if The Last of Us is so close to release it, showing it running on the PS5 I think would like tick a lot of boxes for people that's probably a safe bet yeah they've already confirmed recently of course that they're expecting the sort of the upcoming PS4 games to be ready for PS5, so that could be quite likely, to be fair. Yeah, anything that is being put in for certification past July 31st, I believe now has to be able to run on the PS5 as well. Awesome. So what about you, Sean? I think you've got uh, something in store for us. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to make a TV recommendation this week, which is Harley Quinn, the animated series, which is just started on E4 here. Um, have you guys seen the movie? Yeah, so it kind of has the same premise that she's broken up with the Joker and um, she wants to go out on her own, really, prove herself that she's a villainess in her own right. Um, really good. It's really funny. It's really violent. Um, and what's really good about it is that taking in like the whole DC world. So I've only watched um, four episodes and We've had Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, all the villains. Everybody's shown up. Um, it's really worth watching, I think. Have we got any uh, any of the Riddler? The Riddler's in it, yeah. Oh, um, banging! I think so you like, say yeah. this is... Go on. I oh, so you say it's like violent. So is it quite an adult themed show then? Yeah, it's definitely adult themed. Yeah, there's loads of violence, loads of swearing. What? Um, what's the age certification for it? No idea. Is, is James, half is James allowed to watch it? Is is the question? James, I think he yeah. wants to know. Will my mum let me watch it? Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure she will. <laughs> the only right thing that's really weird about it is that Harley Quinn is voiced by Kaylee Cuco from the um, Big Bang oh, Theory. Big Bang Theory. I, like I can see yeah, that working. It's, I find it kind of a little bit distracting though, because I've seen like so many um, episodes of the Big Bang Theory, and every now and then like, it's like, oh, Penny's in. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's Penny rather than Harley Quinn, but otherwise, yeah, it's really, really good. Is it very close to her, vo- her voice in the Big Bang Theory? Then she doesn't. Really it's exactly her voice in the Big Bang right, Theory. Okay. Yeah. I can see how that'd be off-putting, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, definitely worth watching. Yeah, yeah. Um, is uh, Has anyone got anything else for us? I think you might have had something for us, Roy. Uh, yeah, the only thing really was that uh, this week the the VR game, uh, Marvel's Iron Man VR, has gone gold and it's due to release, I believe, at the beginning of July, around the 3rd. Um, obviously, they released a, a demo on the PlayStation Store recently and it's looking like it's going to be a pretty solid solid title from them to be fair um you get on the demo itself you get to practice kind of flying around as if you're in an iron man suit and it feels i suppose how you'd expect it and hopefully the game is quite fleshed out i'm quite looking forward to it is it it's a ps5 uh, sorry ps vr exclusive isn't it yes it is yes you can't get it you can't play it without vr and it's limited to the an, another psvr uh, exclusive that isn't coming to pc anytime soon <laughs> It looks that way, yeah. So it looks like Sony themselves had actually um, got the developers to do it on their behalf uh, to develop this title, and obviously, presumably, similar sort of thing they've done with Insomniac and the uh, Marvel Spider-Man game, yes. So I haven't seen anything on this. So is this is this like you're basically in the Iron Man helmet? You are Iron Man, exactly movies? that. Yeah, exactly that. You literally use controllers. You put them down by your sides. You hold your triggers, and that lifts you up into the air. So you've got. Whereas like a lot of VR games, you have to sort of look at a place and click a button. In this game, you've got a, a fully 
three-dimensional space you can just fly around it and it's it's pretty impressive to be fair yeah it's really good you could be iron man james is that, is that appealing like an idea. <laughs> i am a billionaire playboy so i just need the suit and then i'm done so i've been looking at this new show on netflix called space force and it stars steve carell and john malkovich and it's quite an interesting comedy where steve carell plays like a hardened military uh general and you have john malkovich playing the scientist and they play off each other really well the the comedy there is uh it's quite quite well timed quite um well paced and it, it really um, like the dynamic between the two really kind of sets it apart of any other than the other characters in the series. But um, the reason I'm drawing attention to another Netflix comedy is that it's quite relevant in current times because um, I don't know if you've seen in the news, but uh, Trump is pushing through this uh, legislation to kind of hold social media platforms more accountable because Twitter, you know, fact checked some of his things and he took it a bit personally. Um, <laughs> So, you know, this whole agenda has come through at the moment and this show is kind of released quite in a relevant space because they deliberately don't mention the president by name. They refer to him as POTUS, president of the United States. And like the texts and stuff from POTUS are ridiculous as if it's something Trump would say. It really plays on him being in the White House. Things like uh, there was a guy... Uh, asking to see some kind of classified information. Steve Carell's character says no, and he was like, I'll just get the uh, POTUS to send you a text message. Literally the next scene, you get you see Steve Carell pull out his phone, and it says, show, show Doug the tech thingy he wants to see. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's literally so funny. Like The whole premise of the show is POTUS wants to see boots on the moon in 2024. <laughs> 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 it's absolutely madness and it properly pokes fun at the trump administration and their uh, not so popular uh, regime of what they're doing at the moment and it's just it's so relevant i would highly recommend giving it a watch if you I haven't assume, seen it i assume corral is playing this like deadpan is he no he's not he's not he's not playing at office he's kind of playing it more up tune like he's quite upbeat um i know i said you know like military commander but he's kind of like a He's kind of down to earth. He, he jokes around because if you had him being like deadpan, you would just think the office. So I, it's deliberately set kind of away from that. I was imagining him being more, like more serious than Michael Scott in a way because Michael Scott was a joker, wasn't he? He's a funny man, but I think this is like a, the thing is the closest I could compare his acting to is in a show I don't think you've seen. It was in that news um, TV series on the Apple TV. I can't remember the morning show. He's quite close to that character, but a bit more comedy, if that helps still. Right, that might help other people. <laughs> so what Honestly, it didn't really help me. So what this does, this doesn't help any of you, and it doesn't help any of the team, but it might help other people who are listening. We're here, okay? for, the, here for the listeners. We're here, we're here for the bants, okay? Here for the bants. And now moving on to our feature segment of the podcast, The Last of Us Part 2, and what we're going to do is we're going to cover what we know about it, kind of like what we want to see from it, um, you know, continuity from the first one, the spoiler-erific um, backlash that the second one has had really recently, and hopefully this won't spoil the launch of a game that people have been waiting for for the last five years. So what we do know is that it's going to be the biggest PS4 exclusive um, in terms of its installation size. So just to download it if you're going digital you need 100 gigs of free space around 80 gigs will be taken up once it's installed and that's assuming there is no day one update patch which there definitely will be and it will be a sweet bit of gig what i'd really like to see in a new game now is the um the crafting system expanded upon in the first game it was it was in the game but it was still quite small so it'd be nice to see a bit more in depth they've got a really really good base of a game that they now need to start driving home a bit more. I think the crafting was, um, it was serviceable in the first one, but, well, yeah, you do have to remember, I think it, it was a PS3 game, wasn't it? So we're looking yes, yes, at, it was. We're looking at last, last, we're literally looking at last gen mechanics. So anything they do in regards to, you know, refining the system should hopefully be at least 
up to date you know what with what we're seeing in modern rpgs like uh, what is it god of war was a recent one on the ps4 and that had a really good upgrade and, uh, and path tree system yeah god of war was um re- really good i'm going back to that now but it's gonna be interesting to see what they do with the last of us with number one it was end of the generation and they really really pushed our system so it's going to be nice to see what they actually do now at the end of this gen and whether the time they've taken has been well spent it didn't um the neil Druckmann is the is the director of uh or is he is he was the director didn't he leave can anyone come um, there I, I'm, I'm really seeing his name pop up as of late yeah okay if, he, if he's still there then yeah so yeah, so Neil Druckmann, um, obviously the director of the first game, director of this game, he's confirmed that, you know, from a story perspective, the first game was a lot about Joel and you're, you know, you're looking after Ellie, you're leading her through the main game and the story, et cetera, et cetera. And it's a lot about their relationship and how it grows and the love that Joel eventually feels for Ellie, you know, having lost his daughter and, uh, you know, treating Ellie as, as basically his own, especially by the end of the game. And so love is like a key and core theme of the game. But in the second one, uh, Neil Druckmann's confirmed that, like, it's uh, the tables have turned, like, it's twisted now in that the hate, which is literally the opposite of love, is going to play the pivotal role in the new game. So it's... Um, the whole theme and the, like theme elements that we're all used to seeing in the first game are flipped on their head. So that could have major impacts in terms of like the story, maybe choices that the characters will make. Maybe they'll be a bit more uh, cutthroat, you know, just, uh, just giving us that tiny tidbit kind of opens the door for a lot of different avenues of where they can take this new one. Do you guys go back and play the first one before like a big release like this comes out again? Um, I think for me it depends on when um, when I completed the last one. So I think I did the last one a couple of years ago, but recently my partner's been playing through it. So the bits that she's gotten stuck on, I've had to help her get through them. So I, I guess I could argue I've played a little bit in no non-preparation for this game. So story-wise, is um is this new one? Is it kind of were you expecting to have more to go on from the last one? Because obviously I haven't played it at all. Like, does it end in like a fight, in like a kind of definite way and they've just kind of added this on or does the other one kind of lead into this? The other one ends um, in a space where they kind of accomplish the goal that they're trying to accomplish, um, kind of. There was, there was like a quite dark decision at the end, which which always is made in the same way. So this story can only end one way. Um, but the only thing it can do is expand upon where it ends like uh nothing it's it doesn't end it kind of leaves it open because ellie is a girl like a young child and joel is uh like a a middle-aged man so the new game if you if you weren't aware you're you're ellie in the new in the new game so you're her growing up a little bit so it's kind of a continuation of um kind of the the same mechanical mechanic stuff but with uh ellie being the lead protagonist and i think it's set five years after the first game so i think she'll be in like her mid-teens in this one isn't that the last of us really well regarded like it's one of the best games ever it is it was was literally voted the game of the last generation it was yeah it's incredible game like you hardcore guys did nothing for you well, James isn't isn't really a like a. I wasn't counting. Don't think he was talking about me. All right, no. <laughs> well, James is his own. I'm a softcore guy. <laughs> yeah, with subtitles. <laughs> um, I, I tried. I tried it myself. I just I never got on with the sort of the gameplay mechanics of it. To be fair, like the story looks good, but it wasn't really the sort of thing that I wanted to play. You know. Okay, so if it's oh, if it's going to be about Ellie and it's going to be her progressing through the world, um, a bit more grown up. What? What do you want to see with that sort of narrative? Because um, I, again, I don't know much about it, but I assume the, the biggest draw to it is that it's a narrative game that you follow the story and you develop the story. It's so, like like Scott's mentioned uh, previously, the it was like the game of the decade for multiple multiple reasons. Not just it's like stellar storytelling, which at some point we will get a film, so then you can watch that, James. Um, <laughs> the um at the time um like we touched on earlier it was released right at the end of the last console generation so it 
kind of everything that it did, it did really, really well because it had all that time for refinement. So it was, it is considered like a masterpiece of a title. Um, and it, it's quite, it's quite complete in and of itself. They didn't, they didn't really need to make a second game, if I'm honest. And there are lots of, if you do any quick searches, like what's it about and you know, that kind of stuff, there are multiple sources that will say like, why, why we don't need one, but why, but why we should have one anyway. So it's, it's kind of like these guys did it the best. They did the single player storytelling better than anyone else did it. Um, and let's be honest, we haven't had the greatest RPGs in the last five years. So it's like the guys that did it the best, they're going to do it again. And I think there's a lot of hype behind that. So we're not expecting it to be a revelation in terms of the first, what the first one was in terms of the story and the gameplay and everything. It's just expecting it to be a, almost like an expansion on it, if you, the way it sounds like. I think the biggest problem with this game is everybody is expecting it to be perfect. I, 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 I don't think whatever they bring out is going to live up to its expectations. That sounds very true from what people are saying regarding those spoilers that have been leaked as well from what I've heard about it and what bits I've picked up. It sounds like a lot of fans are disappointed with what they've heard, whatever that may be. Yeah, but um, a lot of people who've actually played the game have come out and said that, yes, it is that, but also it's so much more. Uh, what's been leaked or supposedly mm -hmm. leaked is only part of the story or part of what the game actually will be. I've heard that the um, the prequel, kind of like the pre, like the the prelude, kind of towards like of the first game. I've heard that in the second game, that that's quite a key pivotal point in setting up the story, and that that part of it was never leaked. So, obviously, those that haven't played the game um, and those that have seen these leaks, um, they still have that to look forward to. Uh, you've also got to consider like a lot of the a lot of the leaking wasn't um, wasn't recent builds of the game was alpha builds with you know some chopped uh, combat sections in between so it's it's a real shame if people want to follow the leaks as kind of what's going on in the game before it even comes out because you've got to take any leak even if there's some footage behind it as like with a pinch of salt like it could end up nothing nothing like that at all and if you make a decision based on some some footage you know i think the game isn't for you yeah, we're not gonna have um long to find out anyway because the review copies are now officially out in the wild. The game is being played as we speak. I think I saw Forbes um post something about it actually that um they were saying that you know they were they were they they were playing it and in progress. It's one of those things like a preview thing, and the, generally the consensus was you know that it that it was really good, but I think there is a lot of expectation on it to be another masterpiece, and I think. That especially with you when you've got, I think the gaming space now has got a lot more people in it now than it had five years ago. So you're going to have a lot of new faces, possibly to the entire franchise, coming in and play, just maybe even playing the second one, never playing the first one. So it kind of has to appeal to both the people that haven't played it and have played it and also fit in this new generation of gamers um, to try and. Be, I don't want to say try to be all things to all people, but it, that would be a very big, uh, a very like tough for any game to be able to do, let alone one that has this much pressure on it to perform well. That's fair enough. Uh, I wonder possibly how it, it might appeal to people that haven't played the first one. So a lot of the, the, maybe the features of the game and the ideas possibly look kind of generic to what's been done before. You've got like a post-apocalyptic world you've got weird zombie-like creatures you've got a female protagonist who has a bow and arrow and it just i don't know i think unless you've been following it i'd be surprised if if many people are going to want to go oh i'll just jump in on part two because it's on playstation and i love everything they bring out sort of thing i think they're in a, i think they're in an all right position at the moment in terms of um it's going to come out um you know in a couple of weeks on the ps4 but luckily the last of us part one is still on the ps4 so i think in this generation i think people could be like like they maybe they could play some of the second one and be like actually you know i really want to know what happened and then maybe they'll just go back and play the first one pick it up for like a tenner because it's been out for so long and they have that kind of flexibility but i think when the ps5 comes out i'm not saying that the last of us wouldn't be a 
a title that's going to port to it, it definitely will be. But it's going to close that accessibility because it's probably going to be more expensive. There's probably going to be some tweaking and bugs and things, you know, when it all comes out and launches. That'd be for the hardcore players that expects the hardcore Last of Us gamers will probably want to wait for that polished, slightly more polished model on the PS5 perhaps. Well, yeah, exactly. There's there's that side of it too because what we're in June, got July, mm-hmm. um, August, September, and they're they're rumored what around September, October, November time, aren't they releasing of the new systems? Does that then risk the fact that the the PlayStation Four version could actually see a drop in its initial sales, perhaps? If people are going to wait four or five months, say, it's an interesting point because the I think. The Last of Us actually got pushed back. It wasn't actually supposed to come out um, where it is now. I'm, I'm sure it got pushed back like by like six months. So um, I know that this is where the timescales are now, you know, with the PS5 looming. But I think for Sony, the initial original plan was to have it out for maybe a year before the PS5 came around. So I definitely think there's a possibility of that happening now. Yeah, it got pushed back again um, because of COVID. Yeah, it did. It got pushed a couple of months because of COVID. And uh, then the leaks started to come out. So they, I think they just wanted to get out before it got ruined for everybody. Never know. Sony may um, come out and say that anybody that buys a PS4 version will get a free PS5 version. You, <laughs> you never mean, know. You mean like Xbox? <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Um, PlayStation done it on a couple of games uh, with the last generation leap. You mean Destiny? Uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag also did the same. Isn't that game 99p? Assassin's Black Flag? Yes. It that's wasn't back in the day, was it? Hey, <laughs> release it no. 99p. That's full retail, mate. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I think it? I paid about £120 okay. for my version. <laughs> wow. <laughs> was it gold-plated? Wow, wow, wow. No, it comes with a pilot chip, um, canvases, and an soundtracks. Blade. Soundtracks. I've actually got the black flag blade. <laughs> do you? <laughs> yeah, I do, yeah. <laughs> I th- I think Watch that's... out for Scott walking around in the crowd. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's coming Puts for you. up and you're screwed. Uh, I don't know, um, bringing it back to The Last of Us, I don't know if uh, you guys saw, but there was, a con- there was a lot of controversy back in 2018 where they released one of the new trailers for it. Did you, uh, did you hear about this? It was the Ellie and Riley kissing scene. In the- oh, yeah, I did hear about this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so um, there was a there was a lesbian scene in the trailer. I think it was like a five or seven minute trailer. It was definitely long, mm-hmm. and uh, she was kissing another female character, and people kind of went up and up for why does there have to be a lesbian scene in the thing? Why are the two girls kissing? Oh, Ellie's a lesbian. Blah blah blah, blowing it really out of proportion. But like all the people that went nuts about that actually completely missed that. In The Last of Us, there was DLC where you play as Ellie in a separate story, and she kisses a girl as when she was younger. So she she he was she's kind of already made that decision at a younger age. But yeah, this really shouldn't come as a big shock. Yeah, it shouldn't yeah, come as a shock. If you know the about, character. They're not angry about like the fact that it's happened. Is just it's, they're just angry about it being in like popular culture, aren't they? Yeah, they just they're just looking for something to be angry at. They, exactly. This game had a perfect score on last gen and they're trying to rip this down before it even releases i think it had a perfect score on this gen as well to be honest isn't it <laughs> yeah. it's got to have a perfect score it went from 10 out of 10 to 11 out of 10 yeah and then we're expecting <laughs> 20s for this one this new one <laughs> um yeah it's, it's i think i think you're right it's got to be the council culture hasn't it a lot of people make the complaint that these things are being shoehorned into into the modern multimedia stuff like games and movies and stuff but it's like well they're not really being shoehorned they're just being included because it's more inclusive at the end of the day yeah exactly there's no reason they shouldn't be included mm-hmm. exactly it's just normal behavior so why shouldn't it be in a game like you should you shouldn't be aware of it it's just what's happened as part of yeah. the story it's it's quite incredible that it gets such backlash these days i think with it with it being one of those games that so many people are looking forward to it, it might have had more eyes on it than anything else, and you know, at the time, because everyone. It's was the focal mi- It's the focal minority, isn't it? It's probably a very, very small percentage of people that are upset about this. But you know, if, if like a hundred or two hundred people go and yell <laughs> on Twitter, it seems like a lot more people than it is. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think so. It's twenty eighteen. Then it's not twenty eighteen. 
No, no, but this happened in 2018. And then... It was a B3, I think, wasn't it? Yes, it, well, yeah, it was. Because um, Sony skipped E3 last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but the there was another game recently. Uh, so, so Apex Legends has a character, Bloodhound, who's gender fluid. So I was just try- I was just trying to do like a timeline. So in from 2018, you've got the controversy over the kissing scene between two two girls, two women, and then you look at the end of 20 kind of 20, 2019, and you've got a gender fluid character in a mainstream uh, shooting game. So there's definitely an evolution in terms of, I guess, what people are okay with seeing in in the mainstream format because. Um, Apex Legends is by far not a small game, and it is in the it is in the eye for esports and things like that. But nobody seemed to bat an eyelid at the gender fluid, the first gender fluid character in a game. Yeah, but so, how many people, other than the ones that kind of looked into it, knew that Bloodhound was gender fluid? Well, why don't we uh, ask the expert and who uh, had a bunny who was a boy, a, a girl, and a boy and a girl, <laughs> and you can tell no, me about gender fluidity. He. He was a he was originally a boy, but now she's a girl. It was just the one switch. <laughs> oh, we could actually talk about. Uh, I think we covered it there, didn't we? That you kind of come to the party a little bit late with it, and so the mechanics felt quite dated, so you couldn't really get hooked into it. You mentioned it briefly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. that was one of the things that I was, I was hoping is going to really change because if you go back and play it now, the whole game feels clunky. It's a bit janky, yeah. Oh yeah, god, it's restrictive. What? Yeah, it is restrictive, definitely. But it does. It, ironically, on the PS3, the controls were a lot jankier than they are on the PS4. They actually, if you look at your in your settings for the controller, this PS3 settings and all of the shooting buttons. Oh, we could actually talk about. Uh, I think we covered it there, didn't we? That you kind of come to the party a little bit late with it, and so the mechanics felt quite dated, so you couldn't really get hooked into it. You mentioned it briefly, yeah. 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 So. That was one of the things that I was, I was hoping is going to really change because if you go back and play it now. The whole game feels clunky. It's a bit janky, yeah. Oh yeah, god, I say restrictive. What? Yeah, it is restrictive, definitely. But it does. It, ironically, on the PS3, the controls were a lot jankier than they are on the PS4. They actually, if you look at your in your settings for the controller, this PS3 settings, they're so much oh. worse. It's still not uh, as fluid as it should be. It's not a shooter though. Regardless of is it, if it's a shooter, the, the entire thing, even as a third person sort of. Just just I, thought it was a revelation. I thought it was a revelation in all things. Sean is... Scott, Scott's just an old man. Okay, leave him alone. So there's also the multiplayer to consider when the first one, I think, had the factions mode, um, which was a kind of typical shooter-style um, combat, which, uh, you know, uses the same mechanics from the from the single player, but it had a bit of a upgrade and spend element of it. And, and by that, I mean, if you weren't playing it, when it was out on the PS4, you would come against people that have all the upgrades, all the weapons, and you would just get slapped to oblivion because you had to buy bullets in that thing. There was no way a new player could come into that and really have much fun without being destroyed a lot first. Wow. Um, it w- I played it myself, and I'll be honest, it, w- it was one of the hardest, jankiest things I've ever experienced in my life. <laughs> um, but you've, you've got to... Um, you got you got to think about how uh, how long it had been out. So you had all the people had pl- played the third one, uh, played it on the PS3 that went transitioned to PS4 were already really good, and then they just smoked the top of the leaderboards and just kind of stayed there. So I mean, it was to be expected. Uh, you know, it, when there's that kind of parity between the two of them. Um, in terms of the Last of Us Part Two, the multiplayer, you know, there, there is news about multiplayer, uh, you know, from online sources. But it looks like the consensus is Naughty Dog have said that they wanted to focus, you know, solely on making the single player as, as great as it could be. And they didn't want to divide, divide resources to try and kind of cobble on a multiplayer, you know, uh, to launch, for it to launch kind of in a maybe not as good state as they would want it to. So they're not saying no. They're saying that they focus on the single player, which I think most people will prefer. Um and they're going to be looking at the multiplayer element in the future as maybe uh, like a DLC or maybe a separate mode because I think I think Uncharted 4 released a SaaS standalone um, multiplayer mode for the... What was the last Uncharted? Not Uncharted 4, it was the, the spin-off they did. Oh, yes, the one with the, the two female characters. Yeah, it? well, the two Lost female... Legacy, was it? 
Yeah, Lost, Lost Legacy. Legacy. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that didn't actually have its own multiplayer. It just used literally a patch into the multiplayer from um, Uncharted 4. So it would literally put you in the same lobbies and stuff because it was based on the same engine. So we might get maybe that kind of jumped into uh, Last of Us Part 2. But at this stage, you know, it's too, it's too soon to tell what's going to be going on. But it's not a no. And the story is what's going to be keeping us playing this game. Yeah, Sony have um, come out and admitted themselves that the aim for the next generation, or especially going at the end of this last generation, it was narrative-driven single-player games rather than multiplayer. Hasn't that been the way for the last five years? It has been the... for this generation at least, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they, have but, the, um, they have the best single-player They've, they've seen the success of this generation. I think this generation was like a tester, and now they're just going to continue that. I mean, that, that, I'm honestly completely and perfectly fine with that. I'll be honest. I'm I'm not the biggest Sony fan, as all of you will know, but I will hands down put my hands in the air and say I've played some of the best single-player stories in any games on the PS4. No, but, you have not some of the best. You've played the best. Oh, is that is that the last of us by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> you've got you've got so many. You've got the Last of Us. You've got the Spider-Man, God of Spider-Man, War, God of War. Yeah. Um, Days Gone did quite well, even though it was... Final Fantasy cool. VII Remake I've just finished, and that was spectacular. Yeah, Final Fantasy VII. I'd be shocked Although if that actually... That, that's not going to stay though, exclusive, yeah. though. Yeah, it's not going to... They've already said that one's coming to PC, but... Um, no, no, wait. No, it's coming to all platforms, isn't it? It's a year of exclusivity. Yeah, for fi- Final Fantasy VII will come to all platforms. All platforms. I was thinking of um, Death Stranding, so obviously that's got a year of exclusivity on ps4 and then it's going to pc i don't know i don't think that will yeah, be but i Xbox. wouldn't put that up as among the best that's that's a very marmite game it's a divisive game isn't it really it's it's one of the yeah, just, yeah 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 love, love i hate it yeah it, it was mm. it every i think every i think it might have suffered the same thing as the last of us because it's kojima's new game and everyone was expecting something revolutionary like the mgs series and then yeah, well, I, I read something interesting this week somebody said that um death stranding is evidence that Kojima needs big wigs to hold him in a bit to rein in his creativity. <laughs> well, as long as as long as what he does keeps making money, and he said in an interview recently that you know numbers have just gone favorable. So when it launches, you know, on the PC in a couple of months, uh, you know, it would just be a profit machine. So until he makes a flop, you know, I think it's going to be difficult because they gave, like you just said, they gave him a lot of creative freedom at, when he left. Uh, his last company and joined Sony and he, he did exactly what he wanted to do. So now moving into our final segment, we have the Snyder Cut and we're basically going to cover everything. Should it happen? Should it not happen? Uh, should you watch it? Should you care? And I think uh, our opinion that James, our moviegoer, has strong opinions on this one. Well, I just want to start because our segment at the moment is called um, What Sucks This Week? And obviously we're including the Snyder Cut in that, but are we including it because we don't want it or because it kind of sucks that we actually have to have this and we didn't originally get it. Like, what do you guys, are you guys looking forward to this? I am. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah, I think I am. I'm going to watch it, no doubt. So yeah, I guess I am looking forward to it. I think it's, I think the reason why, you know, why we decided to put it in a, you know, a what sucks this week is because not necessarily that we're going to get another cut, but I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, ill ill feelings about how we got to the Snyder Cut with the fans getting quite, you know, uh, almost abusive in some instances and, you know, the campaigns, petitions, billboards to release this other cut of a movie. And the studio has effectively given them, given the fans what they've wanted, They're an entirely different cut of what's already been shown. So I think, I think that's why we've, we, you know, we've put it in this, in this section because it sets a precedent for, um, your fans being unhappy with a film going forward what i think is fascinating about the snyder cut is it kind of shows this other side of hollywood that you don't really see that much in that the amount of manipulation that goes in through a studio like we're all sort of aware that it's happening so have you guys seen david ayer's twitter has yes. anyone been following this you've been, yeah has anyone else seen it he's uh, he I've wants seen, uh, i've seen bits reported and stuff yeah he kind of made an off off the shoulder comment, didn't he? Where it was just yeah. like, oh, "We, sh- oh, if we're getting a Snyder cut, you know, I want my own cut of Suicide Squad." And so since then, there's been a series of other tweets where basically he's been replying to people 
basically bad mouthing what the studio did to his movie and just saying like how the his vision was completely destroyed based on the the ideas of like Deadpool coming out and the failure of Batman vs Superman and how they basically twisted what he wanted yeah, into creating what he something. originally envisioned was I think it is a soulful drama yeah so rather than that like, comedy point yeah, he wanted something much darker. He wanted much something much deeper in terms of um, the story, and it just and it it was changing a lot of that. Apparently, was to do with Deadpool, and it's really interesting to see like this idea that the movies that we're getting they got a director's name on it, but how much of it? And we're seeing a lot of this with like we saw a lot of this over with the Star Wars stuff as well before. Like the movies that people envisage, it doesn't seem to be what we're getting at the moment. So I like the idea that the Snyder the cut might. If the Snyder Cut does really well, and people are like, this is great, whether we might see some more freedom for directors. It, it, it could set a very dark precedent for future film releases. It could be. But I think that could also be a, that could also be a good thing. in Because we, we do get so many bad films, don't we? When you should look at like the budgets of movies and the amount of time and effort that goes into them, and then they come out and they're crap. And why is that? Is that they can't be because... You know the creatives are behind them aren't actually good creatives. I mean, it's, a lot of the time it must be because they're built by committee. They're built by people checking off things on a whiteboard, based on market trends. Well, isn't that so, isn't that what happened in Solo? And they they pulled the director out of it because they weren't happy with the kind of his clips and stuff that he was pulling from his day to day. Exactly. Yeah. There's there were like the 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 vision of the directors was going against what disney wanted so they basically just pulled it apart and then they turned it into something that they wanted and which is something that everyone else didn't want and it's like it's, it's when you take these risks it's the the famous the big famous films that everyone loves are the ones generally anyway are the ones that people take risks on and it kind of they're kind of surprises like no one expected deadpool to be the success that it was but and because of that they had so much more freedom on it they've got a you've deadpool is is fox though isn't it and this is uh wb Exactly for their DCEU. So, but the but it is kind of like over across an industry there does seem to be a thing where people like the studio takes over, and the, what I'm saying is like with the Snyder Cut, if the Snyder Cut comes out and everyone's like this is great, it'd be really great to see this have a positive effect on the industry that seems to be kind of dogged by a lot of shit films at the moment. Wait, it, it kind of happened with with Deadpool, didn't it? Because they wanted Deadpool Deadpool to be like a PG, and it was it only got bumped up to an R because I think unofficially, I think Ryan Reynolds leaked some footage. Yes, um, and so and people went nuts over it. So that's the only reason we got the version of Deadpool that we did, and that you know that that strikes home with the studios not wanting to take those big risks when they're spending the budget and they're kind of looking at historically how these kind of films have gone and obviously deadpool did extremely well for an r-rated film and it was the first superhero um what was the most successful r-rated superhero movie ever next to, was it next to logan uh something like that yeah yeah um so it shows that it pays off you know it going the extra mile to get the vision about people want is has worked in the past yes so have you have you seen what they're doing with this because apparently the snyder cut um is actually like four hours long so wow. the, i think the plan is instead of that a four-hour film is to cut it into a series so there's gonna be like six episodes spread out on hbo max which is great it's a great idea because then you have to get your hbo max subscription and then you have to keep going for two months to get it all what they'll probably do if they because yeah I've, I've seen the same thing as well they're talking about releasing it in an episodic format um if they do go down that route which you know it's quite likely that they will to get the most bang for their buck what might end up happening is you know after the six weeks the seventh week there might be it all cut together in one long movie um instead of people watching yeah. individual episodes so that might that's what might end up happening people might just wait and then join it in like month two when it's all out as a movie. The intri- the thing about this Snyder Cut though is that it's never going to be the original, original idea that he had because he's seen the feedback. He's seen what people liked and don't like. He's, um, and it, there's got to be some influence of, yeah. there's got to be some influence of what the people want. And he's going to kind of, he's going to want this to be a success because they are 
they're adding they've got the actors back haven't they i think they've yeah they're, they're... Rec- recording additional dialogue um there's been some uh, like... last i read they weren't reshooting anything they've no, got an extra re- 20 million to finish it but they have mm-hmm. brought the actors back for voice stuff i was just gonna say they don't have the budget to bring them back to film anything but they've got the budget to have um adr yeah because the, the, the cost is you now was running quite high i think the original rumor was it was going to cost between 20 and 30 million and one of the executives have turned out and said they wished it was costing that. So the actual cost could be far higher. I think uh, it would. I'm, I've, I've heard rumors as, um, that people are kind of hoping that this reboots and re, or at least restarts that whole DC universe because there was so many films planned for it because the Justice League was originally the first number of two, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was supposed to be done in two parts. And the way that uh, Snyder kind of envisioned and the you know it to go is um he was going to build on all of these characters that you see in the justice league and then they were going to kind of spin off and maybe have their own independent films and it was it was literally the start of what was going to be the web of you know the rest of the films whereas marvel did it the other way around where they did all of the independent films first or at least most of them established the characters then did the ensemble cast and the DCU kind of went the other way with it. They kind of kicked things off with like Batman, Superman, and then they were relying on the Justice League to do all of that, to do a little bit of intro and interest to the characters. And in the cut that we've got, there's like no interest. Uh, sorry, there's no um, there's no development really for any of the characters outside of what we've seen in the other films. No. Well, what we're missing as well from the from the current cut is the fact that there was so much content in Batman v Superman, which was sort of hinting at stuff to come and was never picked up on. And I think obviously, hopefully we'll see some of that in Snyder's vision. Was that the nightmare sequence? The nightmare sequence was a big part of it. Yes, definitely. Well, isn't Darkseid uh, the sort of overarching villain who didn't actually appear in the Justice League? I believe he is going to appear now. Yeah, didn't cast. Snyder yeah. release an image this week of yeah, Darkseid? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So it's not just Stephen Wolf now, it's Darkseid as well. So introducing an entirely new villain to this uh, cut is definitely going to make it very different. So which oh, brings us kind of back nice. to the point of like, how much how much do we want this? Like, if it's how and how different do you think it can really be? Like, are we, are we going to get a totally different... Well, we may be getting, we may be, like you said, we may be getting Darkseid as a new main villain or at least some kind of future or assisting villain. So that could potentially change the entire arc, like towards the final act. Um, you've also got uh, Black Superman coming in with his with his dark outfit. Um, so it, to be honest, it's probably going to take a much darker tone as with all of Snyder's stuff. So... I think it's going to be, honestly, I think it's going to be up to the viewer to decide. Because if you didn't like the first one, you might not like the second one. But if you are a massive, like, DC fan and you want to see more, like, more justice done, I think you're going to love it. I think it's got the potential to right some of the, what could be considered the wrongs of, of the original film. And possibly by including Darkseid as maybe the sort of the later on villain, is, we can assume maybe he was meant for Justice League Part 2, it might just kind of flesh out some more of the ideas of what the what Snyder was hoping to do, perhaps. It's very difficult to say. It's, but whether it's going to be any better or not is... It just kind of comes down to what gets released, I suppose. So if this is great, if it comes out and it's um, he's saved it, he's saved DC, he's done what everyone everyone expects him to do, like all the fanboys expect him to do at least, is <laughs> save the, yeah. uh, saves the DC... EU is it EU or DCU? Oh. DCEU, yeah, DC yeah, um, extended if he, universe. If he saves it, uh, would you want it to continue? Would you want this them to go back to these plot lines that have been um, built up through Batman's first Superman, Justice League, um, Wonder Woman, all that? Would you want to keep it going, or do you prefer the idea of the DC stuff now, which is like breaking apart and doing smaller things? Well, I don't. I don't think it needs to. I don't think it needs to break it. Break it apart. Like as a, as a whole, I think the Justice League. Uh, yeah, no, you're talking about like Shazam and things like that, aren't you? Where they're not really, they're not, that's not part of the Justice League, and they've gone in a different direction, and it was yeah. you know, like commercially successful. Yeah, so I think I think they could still do what 
uh, Snyder wanted to do with the main characters. But the thing is as well, like they've lost them all now because Aquaman is doing really well and the second one is on the way. There's probably going to be a trilogy there. Uh, Wonder Woman's doing her own thing. Probably going to be a trilogy there. And then you've got the... Well, uh, was it Batman? The cyborg uh, it, films and yeah, stuff as well. Yeah, cyborg and the Flash films. I think they could definitely spin off from this. They they could definitely get some lift off from this. Well, that's if the Flash gets his film after. Um, was it? Oh, is yeah. it Ezra Miller? Isn't it? He, he like grabs some woman by the throat. <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. So, but like, yeah, the Flash film, the cyborg film, but the what the Batman is. Yeah gone in a very different direction now and it can't follow what was going to happen for Snyder's vision unless they have a double Batman thing going on. No, exactly. But <laughs> He's my... had Affleck and what is it, Patterson? Yes. Yeah, but my, my, but my more my question is like, do you care? Does anyone care about this universe enough? Do they really want, like, would they like to see it come back in that way or are they are you guys just happy for it to take a different version is that basically like, do you want it to continue like Mar- they were trying to do with Marvel and bring everything together or do you prefer it just separate strands? I think it can only work as a separate strand now. Yeah, I, th- I think it's gone in too too many directions. There's been so many issues that it, it can't get the same success as the Marvel Universe did. Unrecoverable. So I think I think it might go to one of two ways. Like, you might have a really successful Snyder Cut, and then there might be the part two that everyone's been talking about. You know, the two part for the Justice League. Um, but then if it bombs, that's it. It's game over. Yeah. And then would you like to see uh, David Ayer's different... Ver- if this work does well, would you like to see David Ayer's Suicide Squad? I think, again, it would be, be something worth seeing just maybe to get an idea of what could have been, even though it may not be that necessarily again. But I don't, think, I don't even think a David Ayer cut of Suicide Squad is going to set the world on fire. It wasn't wasn't There was some expectation from it originally, but maybe not anything huge. It would be interesting to know what was left out, perhaps. I think a lot of the expectation came from Jared Leto and his Joker and all the like the press around that. And I suppose even if you add in a different style and tone, that Joker is still going to be the kind of Joker that people didn't really like. So yeah, even if you even if you bring out the that cut, the David Ayer cut, the things that people were kind of anticipating, they might they probably aren't going to get out of that film. They might it might be a better film. It might have a darker tone. It might be a better story, but. Like you say, it probably isn't going to set the world on fire. It might just just be a bad film. Haven't they already saying. said that they were going to like reboot the Suicide Squad? Yes, they are. Um, what's it's, his name? It's been filmed, is doing it? Is it James yeah. Gunn? Yeah, James Gunn. Yeah. James Gunn is just. I think it's editing just now, actually. Isn't yeah, it's so definitely that obviously can't continue on. Yeah, because there's going to be a whole different Suicide Squad with some of the characters have been recast, some have been dropped. Well, it's taken it's taken four years for the Snyder Cut, and honestly, I don't think anyone cared about enough about the Suicide Squad. I just don't see that happening. No. Um, yeah, and if it, if it's in editing, like Roy says, it's it's too late. There's literally going to be a replacement. I I imagine Jared Lowe has been far too burned to come back for that one. Yeah, he's. Uh, it was because of like how he acted on set. Like, did you hear about he sent heads of like yes. rats and bats yeah. or something to the cast members because he was like a really method actor so i don't think they would ever have him back now i don't think that's what a method actor does if i'm honest <laughs> that's what does. i think that's what a psychopath does <laughs> obviously he's moved on now as well isn't he? he's with sony and uh sort of spider-verse isn't he doing more ah, yeah he's playing morbius that's right but it would be odd i reckon in the spider-verse james your favorite great love that film yeah but you, you hate that man <laughs> yeah but i mean maybe if it's just his voice i can tolerate him venom's doing quite well isn't it we're getting another venom surprisingly yeah yeah i thought i i, I was really mixed bags about the first one i thought if without tom hardy i don't think that would have worked at all i think it would have flopped i don't think it worked with tom hardy <laughs> it's such a hater <gasps> how dare you it's such a hater i love tom hardy opinions i love tom hardy film i thought it was all right I love Tom Hardy, but I did not like him in that. It was better than Bumblebee. <laughs> oh, God. No, don't set him off now. Let's not upset him. <laughs> that's, absolutely, that's absolutely factually inaccurate, that is. <laughs> factually inaccurate, is it? Factually inaccurate. What does Rotten Tomatoes say? What's the tomato-o-meter? Yeah, who's checking the scores? <laughs> I, I'm, sure I'll, I'm sure Venom's not going to be as high as Bumblebee. So Venom's got a 29 uh, by critics and an 80% audience. Okay, we're only going on the audience score. Okay, then Bumblebee. <laughs> Probably hear got... us, but can't speak. That's great. 
Oh, it's got to be loads of 74 audience. audience. 74. So Way. So it's got 74 audience and then 91 critic. So yeah, yeah but the critics were wrong. Were they? Okay. Okay. okay Shall I tell you what? Shall I tell you why they're, they're wrong? Both still good films. Come on. Shall I tell you why they're wrong? Because we, us, us here in this in this chat, we are the audience, right. and we and and more of us prefer Venom over Bumblebee. It, so, has, did anyone actually say that? Did anyone say they prefer? <laughs> okay. So us as the audience have to look, have to look at the audience metric. We we don't disregard the critic metric, of course. No, but the audience prefers Venom. Okay, well, okay, so in this chat, who prefers Venom? Do you prefer Venom or Bumblebee? Ooh. I don't know if they're comparable, to be fair. They're very different movies. If, they're if, definitely if, different movies. If you're movies. silent, <laughs> you, you, or, well, if, I'll go on. I've watched Venom twice. I've watched Bumblebee once. There we go. So that's two for Venom. Sean is for Venom because he's not talking. So he, right. auto-Venom. <laughs> and it's up to you, Roy. Uh, if, you had to, if someone is... said to you, you've got to watch it now, what would you watch? Bumblebee or Venom? Mm, that's tough. I, would, I probably would have to say Venom to be yes. fair. Yeah, I'd give it to it. It's a, it's a good, it's a good depiction of the character. It's yeah, I'd say it's done. Yeah, it's, it was a good film, but it wasn't anything outstanding. Yeah, it wasn't. Okay, James, nobody saying Bumblebee is a bad film. You know. Well, Brian is. I'm not saying. Nobody but me is saying <laughs> yeah. Bumblebee. We've established Ryan's Ryan opinion doesn't count. Uh, yeah. but we do have we do have two watch James. Watch his Star Wars comes out and says it's brilliant because I don't think we can listen to anything he says about movies. <laughs> I think that's an exception to the rule that film that was. That did didn't, not go well. did, didn't you start this segment and talking about Snyder and then you had to look through his entire filmography because you hadn't got a clue what he'd done? <laughs> no, I did I know he done I know he'd done three hundred, I know he'd done Man of Steel and Sucker Punch. I just couldn't I and I knew he did um, a zombie film which is Dawn of the Dead. I just couldn't remember Watchmen. Dawn of the Dead as a zombie film. That's like a pinnacle zombie film. Yeah, it's a zombie film though, isn't it? Ugh. But yeah, so the the Snyder Cut is definitely an interesting thing to look out for. It's gonna be it's got to be better than the Justice League, surely. Whether or not it's going to be what everyone hopes it's going to be, it's. I mean, that's unlikely. That's the, that's but a big thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but I think it's something that it's going to. The reaction to it is going to be fascinating, no matter what. So I would really like to see it come out. Like, I'm glad they are doing it. Um, the and fact it's also that it's great. Made to is, is what's really interesting as well. The fact that it's actually happening, even yeah. after such this time, is quite a pinnacle thing potentially as well. It shows the. It does show the the power of fans and the, the you know, the sort of way that studios can be influenced by, mm -hmm. um, fan, by fan people. outrage. Yeah, but I mean that does make sense because they are businesses at the end of the day and they're looking for money and this is going to make them some money. So it's, all about, it's all about money at the end of the day. <laughs> their first I, shot at it didn't make them enough money and now they want more <laughs> money. I just really hope that it sets a precedent and we get. Um, and that Snyder's version is better and more well received and so people kind of take that as um, give the directors more control and then that might things might go a little better for some big blockbusters that you know get a lot of flops at the moment I think I think James wants to start the trend hashtag give directors more control Let I want directors, directors to have more control freedom freedom for freedom, the directors freedom to direct freedom to direct that's completely fair yeah that is completely fair <laughs> awesome okay so this has been episode two of the boss cast uh, from final boss and as always subscribe like and just do all that good stuff that you did before.